It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Greetings and salutations. It's your main man, Colt Molesky, bringing you another Locked On Wolves podcast, as we always are every single day. Trey is out today, has scheduling conflicts, and so it's just going to be me today. Going to bring you some of the quick hits from this Houston Rockets game and try and figure out and try and get a grasp on this team going forward. Try and and understand what what the expectations should be. Let's just try and cap this here because before I even get to this Houston Rockets game, this is kind of weird, right? I mean, I get it. The Rockets were playing with a really tight a really tight roster. Maybe some of the depth issues were some of the problem. They only had, uh, what was it, Five, eight guys. Eight guys record minutes for this team the other night. That's not never the, the best sign. You know, Austin Rivers out due to due to illness. Uh, Clint Capella still out, and they came back. But Gary Clark was held out with coach's decision. I mean, they just did not have a deep bench. And obviously some of the trades and moves they've made over the last few months impact that, but they didn't have a deep bench. So that was kind of weird. But the weirdest part about what happened the other night is that the Timberwolves have now beat two teams in back-to-back games by double-digit points while allowing one of those players on each of those teams to go for 40-plus. You have Lou Williams, 45 points against the Timberwolves in a 10-point loss for the Clippers, and now 42 points for James Harden in a 10-point loss to the Timberwolves. So, What's happening here? What What is going on? Because this has not been a very reliable team or a very, not necessarily a great team either throughout the course if you're looking at the bulk of the season. And so before this weekend, you had a 25-30 and 30 team that was not really great, that was losing a bunch of games to to lesser competition. And now, over the last two games, and again, small sample size, but over the last two games, double-digit points against two teams that are high-scoring, high-caliber teams, but the Timberwolves were able to beat by double digits. Little strange. Little strange. And the one consistent thing is that this team has been playing under new management and that Wiggins was out for both these games. And I'm not going I'm not ready to draw any conclusions from that yet. I'm not ready to draw any conclusions or make any accusations from that yet because again, it's two games. But I just want to say the last time Wiggins missed a significant amount of time and he's only missed what was this? This is like the fifth game he's missed in his entire career. So he hasn't really missed any time. But he's missed all of his games in this season. And the last time they missed any real time was under tips. And so the consistencies between these two really good wins, these two really great wins, these are two playoff teams 
These are two really high caliber offenses. And the Timberwolves have beat both of them by double digits of points. And the two consistencies in both of those victories is new management that's playing without Wiggins. And I think that is something to keep your eye on if Wiggins continues to stay out and the Timberwolves continue to win. Not Again, I'm not making any accusations off of it yet because two games is too, far too small of a sample size. But if we get to Monday and Wiggins is still out and maybe they go on kind of a run, now we got something to we got something to talk about. Now we have something to observe and some discussions to to have then. But I want to draw your attention to it right now because those are two things that I'm looking at as far as kind of the wonky nature of these last couple of games. But let's get into this Rockets game. So the Timberwolves take home another win. They're on a two game winning streak, trying to crawl their way back into playoff relevance. One twenty one to one eleven over. The Rockets, and this is after two quarters to start out where the Rockets led in this game. They scored 29 points in each of the first two quarters in comparison to 28-24 points from the Timberwolves. So at the half, they were up. Then the Timberwolves have 69 points. First of all, nice. But 69 points in that second half. 35 points in the third quarter. 34 points in the fourth quarter, and the Houston Rockets didn't scratch a 30-point quarter in the entirety of this game. But So that's another big stat that they were able to, to manage for the Timberwolves' defense. But the Timberwolves played really well, and it was consistency across the board. They had seven guys in double digits. They had two players off the bench, Derrick Rose and Gibson, give you double digits. They had Jeff Teague with 27 points. You had Towns with 25 points. Sarge had 15. Okogi had 16. This was a really good Okogi performance as well. Four assists from him, two steals. And the other thing, too, I was talking about this after the show leading up to the game yesterday with Trey. And it was something that I I didn't really think of until after the show. And so I was kind of bummed that that I didn't get into the podcast yesterday. But... I thought that an underlying storyline in this game might be like there was a, a, a path in this game where Towns fouls out because of some of the stuff Harden does to get to the line. But the Timberwolves did a really good job. Harden only had four shots from the charity stripe, and Towns did not do anything really as far as I mean, he had two uh, fouls in this game. So they kept him away from foul trouble. They made sure that James wasn't going to wasn't going to draw Towns into that there's a lot of times where he does kind of like that euro step from near the top of the the free throw arc and shakes one guy and then comes in and then a big guy comes down and makes a bad play and grabs a couple of fouls there was a route where Towns does that three or four times and all of a sudden Towns is in foul trouble in the third quarter and now there's a clear lane to the basket for Harden They did a good job defending him. They did a good job making sure that if he was going to get his points, he was going to get them. He wasn't going to get to the free throw line, and he wasn't going to put Towns in foul trouble. I know Okogie had four fouls, but if Okogie has foul trouble, that's a big difference from Okogie to Towns, obviously. So that was one thing that I was worried about heading into the game. They did a really good job. Towns played really disciplined in this game. And just in general, they did a good job not getting Towns. 
not getting Harden, excuse me, to the free throw line. Chris Paul got there a few times, but there wasn't a Rockets player that got to the charity stripe and shot double-digit free throws in this one, had double-digit free throw attempts in this one. So really good job from the Timberwolves to play disciplined basketball as well because this was a team, a high IQ team, especially with Harden, that was going to get to the line a lot, get a lot of those free points. But they didn't give that to him. They also shot incredibly efficiently. They shot 54% from the field and 50% from three-point range. They went 10 of 20. That in comparison to the 35% that the Rockets shot. They went 19 of 53. This team shot 53 three-point shots. Isn't that insane? That's insane. And this is their style of play. It's not a critique. It's just crazy that they shot that many times. I mean, it... it it kind of felt like it when you're watching the game, but then to see the number, it's it's astonishing. This is just something that fascinated me. Another thing, too, was that Towns didn't have the, this crazy rebound game. He had nine rebounds. Jeff Teague was the only player to to get the double-double, but this team as a whole rebounded really well. And you're going up against a team with Ken Farid as their, their starting center, who actually has played a – he's done a bang-up job filling in, uh, kind of coming in over the last month and a half for this team. But still, even though he's done a really good job in the role that he's been thrown into, it's still Kenneth Farid. It's still a guy that somebody like Towns should be able to best. And this whole team did a great job on the boards because you had Farid with 11 rebounds, this team in general in the Rockets – had 37 rebounds in comparison to 47 rebounds for the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves were able to grab 13 offensive boards in this game. So really beat them off the glass. And it was again, it was a collaborative effort from everyone. You had Dang with eight rebounds. Sarge with eight rebounds. Nine from Towns. You had eight from, uh, from Taj Gibson. It was a bunch of guys chipping in and grabbing boards and really making sure this team wasn't going to get a crazy amount of second chances, even though they were taking a lot of shots, a lot of three-point shots that would lead to maybe some longer rebounds to do a good job staying on top of those. But the main guy, the hero of this game, I wanted to talk about, and I'm bummed that Trey's not here because I'd really love to rub it in his face. But after the break, I'm going to talk about Jeff Teague, the hero of this game. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Timberwolves beat the Rockets. 121-111, Colt Molesky here, breaking it all down for you. Jeff Teague, phenomenal performance. And Jeff Teague, he was the only one to have a double-double. He had the best shooting night of the game. And he had the third best plus-minus of the game. 27 points, 12 assists, shot 68% from the floor, and had a 12 mark at the plus-minus. And that was the third best. Towns had 20, and Dang had 15. Third best plus minus goes to Teague. 
Teague was a huge part of this game. He let up some things defensively, and Chris Paul had a pretty decent night. Uh, in comparison to Harden's, it wasn't too much to write home about, but 16 points, and he got to the line plenty of times, had seven free throw attempts to lead that team, eight assists. So defensively, Jeff Teague wasn't the the greatest thing to ever happen to the Timberwolves, obviously, but offensively he made everything run for this team. And I thought he did a lot better job picking up the pace of a lot of the possessions. Obviously you're still going to have those possessions that kind of drive you nuts from Teague, but I thought he did a lot better job with his decision-making. I think that he really found his spots early in this game, which helped the team a lot. And I've said this for a year and a half now, over a year and a half, Jeff Teague is one of those guys where in the first quarter or the first half, you're going to know what kind of game you're going to get from him but usually it comes in the first quarter and you had right away him and it wasn't a big quarter in that first quarter he went two or three and had four points two assists now that's not a crazy number four points but he was hitting his shots right away he was finding a couple spots right away and then in that first half this is what his stats looked like in the first half he had 10 points with only two assists he was scoring right away and shooting 60 percent again And got to the free throw line for four attempts from the free throw line. Again, not a crazy amount of points, but you can tell right away when Jeff Teague is finding his spots, hitting, hitting the mark on some of those shots. And when he's shooting well and getting the line right away in the game, you can tell it's going to be a good Jeff Teague night. When he's missing shots, when he's not getting to the line, when he's dribbling out a bunch of possessions because he can't find his spot, that's when you know it's going to be a bad Jeff Teague night. And so it doesn't take a lot, but little things, getting to the, getting to the charity stripe, hit, knocking down some shots, shooting efficiently, that's how you know Jeff Teague is going to put together a solid night. And then he really came together in that second half where he had 17 points and 10 assists, but you could tell, you can always tell with Jeff Teague when he's finding his spots right away and not taking silly shots, and you could tell right away in that game last night, and it, it, it bore out for a really nice performance, and it just goes to show that the Timberwolves really do need everybody, they really do, there's not, a, there's not enough, T- Towns is really good, and Wiggins is way too inconsistent, and there's not a third guy. So Towns is really good, but Wiggins is too inconsistent, and there's not a third guy. They need everybody to come together. And for the last couple of games, this is what it looks like when everybody comes together, when you have good nights from everybody, when everybody's putting together a solid performance. So they need Teague just as much as they need Kogi right now, and just as much as they need Gibson, and just as much as they need Sarge, and just as much as they need Rose, because this team cannot put together incomplete conformances and still expect to get victories. One more break for some sponsors, and then we're going to get ready for the All-Star break. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Timberwolves with two victories headed into the All-Star break. That's right. Two victories headed into the All-Star break for the Timberwolves. What does that mean going forward? And do expectations shift around this team? Or is it just kind of good feelings headed into the All-Star break? I'm going to say 
I'm going to say that right now you're just ending on a good note. I don't think that while these games are kind of weird, kind of outside the norm for especially a team like the Timberwolves and really good, really good statement victories at home in front of the home crowd, you don't want to take too much away. So as of right now, the Timberwolves are sitting at the 11th spot right behind the Lakers and the Kings. They are 27 and 30. The Kings the Kings are 30 and 27 in that ninth spot. Lakers 28 and 29 in the 10th spot. Clippers 32 and 27 in the 8th seed. And so I don't know I don't want to get ahead of my skis. Obviously, because there's a lot of games left. We've already mentioned on this show how tough this schedule is going to be to close out. But there is something different here. And this lineup without Wiggins has something different. And this team, when you're getting some finally some backcourt depth, you've got T back, you've got Derrick Rose, you can play with the rosters a little bit. Tyus Jones, hopefully he comes back soon. There is something there. You're getting a complete performance from this Timberwolves team. Getting a complete showing from this roster that you haven't seen in a while. And in these last two games, you've seen something that you haven't gotten from the Timberwolves in quite some time. And so there is reason to get excited, but as of right now, it should be just getting excited about really good victories. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't call this a playoff push yet. But they're starting to get the makings of one. They're starting to get the rumblings of one. And that's a really good sign for this team. That's a really good thing for this Tim Rules roster because they have fought really hard for everything. And there's been a lot that's gone on this season. You've had an all-star guard leave. You've lost your coach. You've had problems in the locker room that you've had to repair. All this stuff has been going on. And I'm not saying it's fixed now. By any means, Lord, Lord knows it's not fixed, but there are some signs of repair. This has been a damaged plane that looks like it might actually be able to take off this year and looks like there might actually be some time where it might get airborne at some point this season. And maybe maybe this is the start of that. So I'm not saying that this is a playoff push, but this does feel like something different. And there is a there is a route here where it ends up that we section this Timberwolves season off into three sections. Fixing the Butler problem, fixing the Tibbs problem, and finding the team. And I think if we're in that last portion, if that's how it plays out and we're in that last portion, that could be enough to get this team to a different place than where they started the season, which would be really good. And even if they don't make the playoffs and they play strong, disciplined, fundamental basketball to finish out the season and they play to their strengths and they're using their whole roster and they're putting different guys in different situations based on matchups going into games and based on who they're playing, that's a recipe for real success going into next year versus what we had last year, which was just this team with some exceptional talent muscling its way past schemes and past strategies and in a past past rosters on other teams. And it was just them forcing themselves into the playoffs. And so that's why against the Rockets that went so poorly is because they muscled their way with really good talent into the playoffs. And then they met the team that was just narrowly 
beaten by the Golden State Warriors and their talent couldn't muscle them any further. And so that's why they got destroyed in that series in basically every aspect of it for four games. And that one game was the outlier. And this is a different kind of team. If they can continue trending this way, this is a different kind of team to finish out the 2018-19 season versus what we had in 17-18 season. So those are all good things. There's a lot of reasons to be encouraged. There's a lot of reasons to sit back and really be happy about this team over the All-Star break. And we're going to be bringing you all different kinds of shows for the All-Star break and all different kinds of uh, things that we're looking at, different angles for the All-Star break. We'll have all that coming up. Look forward to that. Get excited about that. But as of right now, just be really happy about a good Rockets victory. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.